Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special, memorable, and what our guest, uh, uh, what stood out to them, I guess, uh, as we will get into the context of when they had this meaningful time with it and dive into that uh, as far as we can. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that anything that my guest and I uh, promote or plug on the show, you can find a link in our show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, you can scroll down to the description and there's going to be a beautiful link to all of these things that you can just click if you'd like to find out more about us. Uh, but first things first is you can follow the show on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter. There's a link in there for both of those. Uh, the network that we're a part of, Super NPC Radio, also has a Discord. So if you want to have some nice, uh, fun conversation with some lovely people about video games uh, or and all sorts of stuff on our network, feel free to click the link to join that as well. Uh, there's also a few ways you can support the show. Um, if you listen on Apple Podcasts or really wherever, you can leave us a five-star rating and review. And if you do that, I'll be sure to read it on the show because that not only uh, helps uh, our visibility and more people find us, but it just makes my heart feel nice and fuzzy. It's always nice to read uh, what people are enjoying. So let me know your favorite uh, episode or a game that you're hoping someone will cover at some point. Um, And then uh, you can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that we are discussing on the main event today. And uh, lastly, you can check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash supernpcradio, and that's where all of our bonus video game content lives from the entire network. Uh, For example, uh, we're talking about, spoiler alert, a bit of a Souls-like game today, uh, and our most recent uh, Call Me By Your Game co-op episode the version of the show where I have a group of people on to talk about a game in more of a panel format. We discussed Death's Door, the indie hit from Acid Nerve in 2021. Uh, we're also doing our, sort of wrapping up our Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow Games Club currently. Those episodes come out every Friday. And then coming up uh, after that, our new games club on Sonic Adventure. Um, even though I haven't introduced the guest today, I'd like to know, have you played Sonic Adventure, James? I was a huge fan of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Hey, GameCube um, I was kid. Absolutely GameCube kid. I don't think I, you know, and then after I got really into that, I went back and I did play the original adventure. Um, yeah, so love those games. Okay, cool. Great. So you, you heard it here first, listener. The game freaking rules, and it's a... It's it freaking rules, okay? Listen, and trust us. Yeah, we're reliable. Uh, anyway... That's going to be our quarter three games club, so if you love that game and you want to hear a bunch of uh, goofy sweeties talk about it, subscribe to us at the $10 DJ Toad tier on Patreon, where you get three bonus video game podcasts per week. That'll do it for the housekeeping, and I'll properly introduce our guest for the for the show today. So please welcome actor and comedian James Jellen. 
Hello! I know it must have been really jarring for people hearing my voice before I was introduced. That was me, the guest. It wasn't some kind of other voice. Um, but yes, my name is James, and I'm so happy to be here, Connor. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm so happy that you're here, too. I'm glad we could make this work, and I also want to just affirm uh, and corroborate your story that, yes, that was you. We didn't, I didn't, like, hire someone third... else to come on and do yeah. that. I also will say, you know, when you were talking about the um, the fact that you read the five-star reviews, I think that's very sweet and cute. And I, I was going to go, aww, um, but <laughs> I felt, again, that that would be very confusing because people didn't know who I was and it might be upset them. But I just wanted you to know and our listeners to know that I thought that was really quite cute. Well, hey, better late than never. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that's like really easy to do, and I and it's an easy way for me to encourage people to to read a review. I don't know. Some I think when I used to listen, I mean, I still listen to a ton of podcasts, but in the past, it was a bit of a a carrot that could be dangled of like, ooh, they might read my review on the show. And yeah. anyway, it's a it's well, a, you should think about using a stick method too. You know, carrot or stick. Maybe you should punish people if they don't review. Yes, uh, that I'm actually. We are thinking about incorporating that um, once we get to episode 200. We're gonna. I'm just gonna yeah. flip actually, personality wise. Yeah, it's a 200 too. episode moment. Yeah. Um, James, I'm so excited to have you on today. Uh, I know you how I know the majority of my guests through the Los Angeles improv community, and we've actually not known each other that long. I met you. Yeah. Uh, earlier this spring. Um, when you were placed on Herald Night, um, that's right, uh, with the fantastic team Rumors, um, mm-hmm. and uh, but that being said, uh, you're a, a lovely guy. So much fun to interact. with. Are you talking with. about yourself? Hey, hey, hey. oh wait, <laughs> it is it is me. I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> oh, I was doing a joke, but okay. Oh. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, Connor. Um, but yeah, you've uh, just been such a lovely person to interact with, and such just a bright presence uh since i met you so i'm i was it was an easy uh decision to want to have you on so um but what do you want to share with the listener about yourself um what do you want people to know about you where can they find you if you'd like to be found yeah and uh you know i'm in a phase where i'd love to be found a few years ago (laughs) i was in hiding but um and you know also i will just say the same about you and something i've really just been so surprised by by the whole Los Angeles improv community is just how warm and friendly and like mm. uh, embraced I've immediately felt. Like I thought everyone was gonna be I don't know a little more gatekeepery, a sure. little more hierarchy, yeah. and like you know just like I feel like energy I got from you was just immediately like hi a new friend, and that was very sweet and you know helped me feel more comfortable in the space. So thank you, Connor. Hey, of course, um, and. I'm really glad to hear that about the community in general. I think I think it has, over the years, has become a more warm and welcoming place in general. Um, I don't th- – I think even like when I got on Herald Night back in 2019, which truly was just like one cycle before you uh-huh. did technically. Um, yeah, right. It's not that it was cold, but – it was less inviting, and I, I feel like even the indie space used to be like that too, but I'm sure there's many strides to be made, but I'm really glad to hear that you at least got that initial impression because I'd like to think it's gotten better. 
Yeah, I mean, I wasn't here before then, so I don't have a reference point. Gotcha. But it's been very sweet. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm an actor, comedian, improviser. Uh, if you're in LA, I'm doing live shows all the time. Follow me on Instagram at Jelin J J E L I N J. Um, I'm also, you know doing shorts and so keep an eye out on my instagram for when i post those and i do character shows i don't know if this will be posted but i have a character show coming up uh on um you know i should know the date i should probably (laughs) i should probably have the date locked i saw you fishing for it in your brain for a second yeah yeah it's not there um but i i promise you i really do have one coming up on july 8th at uh, 7 p.m um, you can find the link on my Instagram. And also, as we'll get into, I'm really trying to start making my Twitch happen because oh, I just nice. I just love streaming games and I find it so fun and I find it like sometimes I feel like the most like myself when I'm just like fucking around playing a game, you know? Yeah. And so I was I was asking one of my friends, I was like, how do people like turn um twitch into like a real profitable part of their career and they were like well usually they're incredibly good at games and i was like okay um well (laughs) what if what if they're just really cute and fun yeah you know could that work so um but anyway so follow me on twitch james jellen um and let's make it happen let's show that people who are just slightly better than average at games can become famous gamers too yes let's open up that cute and fun path for for many others but (laughs) starting with you you know, and and for all the cute and fun little kids out there, you can't see it if you can't you can't be it if you can't see it. And so it's actually really important work that we're doing. Um, just in case uh, our editor uses the uh, the zoom instead of both of our individual tracks we're recording, uh, I'm gonna do some snaps real quick for the listener. Okay. Because James is just spitting right now, spitting facts. Yeah. And just in case there's sort of any um points where later in the show where you say anything offensive um i'm, j- I'm just gonna record some responses to that <laughs> please oh yeah. uh, well sh- oh yikes don't know about that one connor can we get um, one more so- <laughs> in 2023 <laughs> um so <laughs> so Good. so just so you you have those locked and loaded in case uh those come up later uh well i was planning on being pretty offensive today so <laughs> you're just one step ahead uh yeah yeah um that's great well I'll, like i said before i'll put a link to all of that in the show notes and i'll definitely have to give you uh, a follow on twitch as well are there games that you like to stream or that you ha- have been streaming on twitch um i mean Honestly, Elden Ring is the game Sick. that I loved streaming and made me realize how much fun it could be. And um, since then, you know, I've been streaming. Um, I was streaming Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil Four Ooh. remake when that came out. That was a blast. Um, just because that game is so funny and so good. Um, so that was the most recent one that I've been doing. I really should figure out how to stream Zelda. Do you stream? Do you stream your Switch? I have streamed um, yeah. this uh, from my Switch before, but Zelda, at least specifically, not that you were asking about that game, but I'll just tell you, is yeah. sort of my, like... It's the me- elephant in the room. Yes. Like, we know yeah. we're playing it. It's it's yeah. my, like, me time game. Mm, when I'm like, yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. for stream. This is ju- I'm just going to sit and bask in this world. Um, but, yeah, I have, like... Um, I have a capture card and a little, like, device for, like... I've streamed a lot of retro stuff, too, so I have, like, yeah. a converter that helps out there. But, um, but yeah, but that's cool to hear. Well, yeah, please, listener, give James a follow there because it uh, sounds please. like it's uh, about to really be popping off. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and thank you in general for just sharing about yourself. Uh, before we get into the uh, you know your general history with games, will you please uh, introduce what you've brought on today and call me by your game? I will call you by my game <laughs> as if we are lying in bed together, and I just absolutely busted into a peach (laughs) (laughs) and i am so excited to be talking to you today my beautiful lover elden ring gorgeous uh yeah possibly the best setup for one we've had yet (laughs) take notes future guests um yeah well i'm pumped to get into it um it's not often that we have such a recent game uh on the show but we do this occasionally so i'm really i'm excited uh anyway Let's hear about your history with games. Do you remember taking an interest um, early in life? Yeah. So I've got kind of a classic youngest brother video game narrative. You know, we all know that gamer. You know, where are you in the family? I am the oldest of two. Okay. So you and was, is it a little brother, a little sister? Younger sister who was more casually interested in games. um, Yeah. But my... I did sort of have like a, in a way, like the older sibling experience because my best friend was the youngest of three boys. Mm, so I sort yeah, of like yeah. glommed on there. And like when we really became friends was when I became more interested than I was previously in games. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I had that kind of classic, like my older brothers were really into games. Um, and my oldest brother, you know, actually used to work for Wizards of the Coast and like help design Magic the Gathering wow. and has like is working on a board game. So he's still very like into games. Um, and uh, they would like they were in- very into Dungeons and Dragons. And like I would always be trying to get them to like basically like do little role-playing games with me um like almost just like one person like little role-playing games that they would dm um and and i and then yeah i uh the first game that i remember playing i mean i think it was um either donkey kong country or super mario rpg awesome um and so as you can see you know from from the jump i feel like i was a little bit into the more like uh challenging games or like games that to me in my childlike brain felt like more serious you know (laughs) like the final fantasy games and like you know this like rpg version of mario not that i was like a hater of regular mario i love mario too but like and then like the role-playing games and the dungeons and dragons so i feel like that was all very much in in the air uh during my initial development with games that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, sort of setting up where you could be, we could be headed even for a little of what we're talking about today. Um, yeah. That's that's fun. So big fan of the Super Nintendo era RPGs, possibly? Yeah, I mean, I was so young when I when I was playing those. Yeah. Um, I think what, when I really, and then of course, I, I definitely remember playing, I don't know if we maybe skipped N64, because I remember then what really, wh- when I was really going all in was like the GameCube era yeah. and the Wii era, um, and then like Nintendo DS. Um, so I remember like playing Wind Waker, and I remember playing, I remember replaying um, Super Mario sixty four on the DS and being obsessed with that. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's a um, wacky version of that game. Uh, we this spring, well, the first part of the year, our first games club was. Uh, Super Mario 64 proper 
Um, mm-hmm. And but we, I ended up streaming a ton of the DS game because I have it on Wii U because you could get it on, oh, yeah, on yeah. like the virtual console, and so um, I streamed a ton of that, and it was a trip playing a game I know so well, like such detailed nuances, playing a like different version of it that was just, it was like a, I was on a drug trip Uncanny or something. Uncanny Valley, like, yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, I just had to interject with uh, my experience about that game, because it isn't, but for a lot of people, that's like their intro to Super Mario 64, period. That was mine. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I ever played the original. Well, I think maybe I played like the first level mm-hmm. on like N64. I can't remember why we wouldn't have had an N64. It seems like we would have. But anyway, um, and then um, so there was sort of that era. Um, uh, and then I loved the Wii. Mm. Um, did you ever play, um, dang, what was it called? The, the trauma center one where you're like a surgeon? I didn't, but um, I know what you're talking about. I became obsessed with that game. That game was sick. Um, <laughs> you're, you're fighting like little like sentient viruses inside people's bodies. And then there was just like a very like um, uh, visual novel, like Japanese style, like uh, storyline going on with it. Love that. Ooh. And then, and then I went really deep into Valve World. Oh, um, so speaking of Half Life, yeah. uh, I think that was right before we started recording. You were talking about playing, replaying the original Half Life. Uh, I loved Half Life, loved Half Life Two, um, became obsessed with Portal, um, and I feel like this was right around the same time um, when, like, that sort of classic, very like millennial online sense of humor of like uh, uh, Ali Broch's. Um, uh, of course, now I'm forgetting the name of her. Uh, uh, but that that online blog graphic novel she did with like all of the things. Um, yes, yes. And that, and then like the cake is a lie, and then like those online websites with all the like cat memes. Uh-huh. Um, so I just felt like Portal became such a part of my like vocabulary, and I was so obsessed with that game and playing Team Fortress Two. What did you? Um, can I ask you about that a little bit? Yeah, um, because go ahead. I finally dipped into the. Portal series and Valve in general last year for the first time. Wow. Okay. I am classically late to everything, um, whether it's classically pop, truly, whether it's pop culture, video games. And that's like one of my biggest hobbies is video games. And I still will like not have, there's so much that I'll experience for the first time way later than I should have. But um, finally got into that game and was Played that and Portal 2 last year within a few months of each other and adored them. What did you play so those on? good. Uh, I played those on my older brother's gaming PC. Mm. Um, yeah, or well, I played the first one on that. Um, and then I think I played Portal 2 on like Xbox 360 many gotcha. years later. But I must have played Portal like seven times. Yeah. I mean, it's so short, but that game is just so perfect um, and uh, so funny and so perfectly designed just the way it introduces a concept to you and then it iterates on it yes and it has that perfect balance of like bringing you along so that you're always having these aha moments but you never feel lost like it's just it's real game design perfection in my opinion i'm right there with you i was like just yeah every step of the way was really blown away and then two obviously expands on so much of that so because it broadens out i think it's a slightly less focused, but I thought was still yeah. magnificent in the way that it did the game. 
Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Like it's not like Portal. I really think you could say is a perfect game. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could say that about Portal Two just because the scope is more ambitious yes. and so there are lulls, but it is still so good. I'm right there um, with I you. I will say I replayed Portal Two recently. A lot of fat jokes. Oh, really? <laughs> that was the one thing that kept surprising me was I was like, they are really going in on fat people. Gosh, um, 2011, yeah. I guess, was still fair game. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I only really started like learning about fat phobia extensively like a few years ago. So I'm yes. not like an expert or anything, but like I was like, damn, like literally the whole second half of the game, all GLaDOS does is make fun of how fat you are and like how you're like a, a whale and a pig. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like wow. this writing is so funny, but like it's so funny when you like have like such smart writers and then they just go in on this hole of something that just ages so poorly and you're like I wish you just, I wish I could just tell you, like, just pick something else. Yes, totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's, uh, that, now I'm going to be hyper aware of it when I revisit that game, too. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Um, but I think I but... got you off track because I, like, I asked you to dive into the portal talk a little bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, and then, then we hit sort of a dark ages. Yes. Um, I love yeah. these. So I, yeah, yeah. I had, I don't think there was like a big falling out, but so I had the DS and then I didn't get the 3DS and then I didn't get the Wii U because I mean, nobody on the planet did except you, it turns out. Yep. Um, All 12 of us. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I didn't get like an Xbox One or a PS4. So, and I was in college um, and I just kind of started falling out um and i was kind of okay with it i was like yeah that was just something that i did when i was younger um and i really didn't think that i was going to come back to games um and then this uh little this this brave little particle called covid19 <laughs> re-entered the scene and said james you're not done yet um and so my roommate got a switch at the beginning of the pandemic Ooh. And Breath of the Wild brought me right back in. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And so it has been, it's felt very full circle to be playing Tears of the Kingdom now. Um, yeah. Also because I feel like I had, I had like lost all of my game literacy in a way. Mm. Like it was like I was playing a video game for the first time because I hadn't played a game in like eight years. Mm. And it's so interesting now because I've also become obsessed with like, just like game design, YouTube videos, um, and like learning about, um, game design and also just because i think it's so related to like creative projects in general and so now playing tears of the kingdom it's so fun like feeling like i I actually understand like um what like the way they that games teach you things and then um have you explore those ideas and and the way that zelda does it so brilliantly and like how it manages to feel so open and yet never like you don't know what to do or always like you're just again like iterating on something you've already learned totally um yeah so uh yeah so got back into games and yeah once that happened it became full force nice, got a yes. ps5 um and 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 honestly again you know elden ring i think was really like the moment where i was like not only am i back in but like i love video games oh wow and i think i had this kind of um uh, moralistic uh, hesitation about re-entering the world of video yeah. games. Um, I don't know if this. I'd be curious if this is something you you ever think about. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like 
you know, I'm like, oh, when I'm like watching TV or movies, it's like I'm a writer, I'm a performer, like I'm learning, I'm growing. When I'm playing video games, like I'm wasting time or something, you know? Um, and I, I, so I would feel self-conscious about that. And I think Elden Ring like kind of changed that for me. Um, so wow. I can get more into that, but I'm curious, like, is that something you ever deal with? Do you, do you have like guilt with that or have you like come to terms or do you have a, a, a way that you feel good about that? I think it's, it, because it's something I've been grappling with for a while. I, there are, um, I think it, there's, there are ebbs and flows to it for me sometimes because, you know, it's. It essentially like my job now to yeah, yeah. C- not cover games, but I mean, I, you know, I r- run and created a podcast network all about video games. And I yeah. have a, like, I've built in an obligation for myself weekly, whether it's just this show or like this week, I think I have like five or six recordings. It's kind of a heavy week, but I think because of that, it, at times feels easy to justify or I feel more comfortable with it because I understand that it is something that I'm doing for, you know, quote unquote work, despite yeah. us not being huge yet. Like our network has grown a lot in the last few years. So, uh, but there are, that's not to say there aren't plenty of times where, you know, also being a writer and an actor that I'm like, Ooh, how's my balance right now? Yeah. Like, am I, lending time to uh the thing like my other sort of careers i guess plural that i'm you know uh striving for and i think generally for me video what i've learned for myself is that video games haven't been the issue it's like i still have plenty of time for a lot of gaming i still have time to do these other things and it's generally like how am i choosing to spend that other free time so yeah but i think like yeah it's hard not to still feel that sort of guilt or at least grapple with that um idea for me as well so yeah a long road to say that i absolutely resonate with that for sure yeah and it just goes to show if you're ever feeling guilty about something all you need to do is figure out a way to start making money off of your guilty pleasure yes yeah <laughs> and that is why all you out there need to follow me on twitch yes <laughs> so that i can start <laughs> making money from this yes and then i don't have to feel bad and you don't want me to feel bad huh no you don't listener do you want you... me to feel bad listener? you better not and if you do poof, why don't you go poof. take a walk and rethink yeah, that maybe... Maybe go take a stroll. Yeah. Put on some SPF 30 and take a walk, buddy. Um, it feels like we've gotten, you know, kind of up to date with uh, yeah. games for you. But I would love to know, um, you know, outside of uh, Zelda, uh, since we've talked about that a bit, has there been another game you've played in the last, like, year or so that you'd like to highlight? Mm, mm, mm. I... How, how am I supposed to choose? You can name a few um, if you'd like to. Yeah. First thing that comes to mind, Returnal. I absolutely Ooh. adored Returnal. Did you play? No, but I am still fascinated by the idea of it. I, well, I loved Hades. I loved Hades so much. Nice. And to me, Returnal was like Hades plus really spooky, scary <laughs> environment, which I love. Um, and just like crazy atmospheric horror storytelling. Um, and it has that kind of same, uh, souls like, uh, brutality, mm. which I have just discovered is like 
crack for my brain. Like, I just <laughs> crave that and love that. So I loved that. I loved Hades, of course. Mm. Um, I loved, loved, loved Resident Evil 7. Um, and Resident Evil 4 was great too, but 7 was like... Ooh, Biohazard? I love Biohazard, yeah. That's the only one I've even turned on before. Like, Really? I have with no like you know intention have somehow avoided most of the resident evil series despite having people in my life who adore them but i think i played like four hours of biohazard like i think it was like i was trying to play a halloween scary game oh that's good branding yeah very much and it was great (laughs) i i was in i just honestly got stuck on this puzzle and then i it was one of those times where you realize you'd never go back to a game and not even intentionally i was just like oh shoot i forgot about that i have so many games like Mm -hmm. that yeah i can relate um but yeah i just um in a way i felt like it scratched that kind of again like what i loved so much about those um like like half-life 2 and those kind of the older era of just like really beautifully curated single player experience kind of stories like the pacing is just so good and and the way that you like the emotional experience the way it builds on itself and like when you it's the kind of game where you can play it for like 12 hours straight and it just gets better and better because you get so into it whereas like i feel like open world games sometimes it's like you can play it for a few hours and then you kind of need to take a break yes um but so i just loved that kind of like i felt like i was in like a story you know which i i loved it was so immersive for me oh that's cool i i've i've noticed that one of the i don't even think this is a genre but a style of game that i've really gravitate towards uh, is a like a first person adventure whether Mm. it's something like that or i played bioshock for the first time a couple years ago so that sort of style game or even like portal which is you know that's a puzzle game but it uh i just for whatever reason I, i can really get sucked into that style yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And you know what's funny is Bioshock is exactly for me what you just said for the Resident Evil series. Oh, yes. For some reason, I started it and not even because I wasn't having a good time, but I just fell off and now I've like never played it even though I feel like it's one of those games that is like so in line with everything else I like. Yeah, I had a similar experience where I think for a brief time I back when PlayStation had the two different subscriptions you could have. I, I through PlayStation now I I sampled it and barely touched it. And then in 2020, it was one of those where I just got, I, I mainlined it in yeah like two weeks. It was, or less than that. So yeah, highly recommend that if like you're ever looking for another one to, to revisit. Um, well, last question for you about your history with gaming is that, is there Throw any it on me. game or experience or moment from your history that you haven't gotten to share today that you'd really like to before we hit the break? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I got one locked and loaded for you, buddy. Um, and that is uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh. Um, you played her? I played about 20 hours of Three Houses, and then I played all of Engage. Um, mm. I did like Three Houses. It's just, I think after, th- it, it's kind of a common thing, I think, where you play 20 hours a game, you like it a lot, and yeah. you're like, that's my, that's it for me. Am I going to play the next 80 hours of this or do I want to move yes, on? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I um, uh, i don't know if you know this about me. My day job is I work uh, in politics. Um, I didn't know that. And so, yeah, um, so I was working for the Democratic Party of Georgia in 2020. Whoa, way um, to go. Yeah, it was honestly like probably the most 
Val, I know now I'm like I I like act, but I'm like, but I did one good thing with my life. I helped flip Georgia Blue. Yeah, let's point um, to John Ossoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so I uh, helped run their social media and email fundraising program. And so during the 2020 cycle and then the runoffs, it was just like, you know, balls to the wall, 80 hour weeks and like Fire Emblem was my escape. Yeah. And what I would do was I would hop on the exercise bike. Uh-huh. I'd throw Fire Emblem up on the TV and like hour and a half would just like disappear like yes. that and it was just like the perfect kind of release for um for uh you know all my stress um and uh yeah just that gameplay loop is so addictive i love like strategy games and then um the like the dating sim aspect of it um was uh uh was so fun and addictive yeah um and i ultimately I know everyone's on the edge of their seat. I didn't end up marrying and dating a student, so you don't have to. You don't Phew. have to save that audio. <laughs> I know everyone's really tense, <laughs> so you don't have to use my own audio to react to me. Yes. <laughs> um. I. Uh. I did. I did ultimately decide after maybe fifteen years of flirting with, you know, about twenty-five uh, adult women and twenty-five students of mine. I very responsibly chose to marry. Um another person of my own age so just don't worry about that nice um, which which house by the way did you sort of mentor uh of course i should know the names i i mentored the one with the sort of like golden boy blonde boy um, yes um, yeah ro- royal guy gosh i can't remember if that was the golden deer or what but because i did edelgard's house of so the black eagle so oh I always, yeah yeah i mixed dimitri and claude's houses up a bunch yeah, it was Dimitri. Yes. Uh, and and so you didn't get to that to the halfway point. I, do you know about what happens? I did not. But I do know that there's a time jump. Yeah, mild, mild, mild spoiler. Yes. But if people want to skip to, let's say, 37 seconds from now, that's how long <laughs> I'm going to talk about this, is just um, in the first half, he's just like this super idealistic, like kind of over-the-top like golden boy. Yeah. And then it jumps like 10 years into the future and he is just the like most little emo stinker you've ever met (laughs) like he is so pissy and like angry because i don't know like all his family gets killed or something like it's you know um but uh (laughs) but it's just so funny because he starts out so golden boy and then he's so like emo punk yes um and uh yeah his character arc is just so good oh my gosh that is fantastic uh and even just like the yeah, I can appreciate the release of like hopping on the bike for an hour and a half and just like disappearing into this world. Um, yeah. Well, great, and thank you for your service. Um, uh, and if anybody out there is running for office and needs somebody to help run their uh, digital program, it's still my day job. Working on a mayoral race in Charleston, South Carolina, right now. Donate to Clay Middleton for mayor. Um, and uh, yeah, check out his website. Killer. Um, yeah. Well. In general, James, I'm sure we could talk, you know, dive into any of the periods of your life even further about your history with games. But thank you for sharing um, a bit about it. Um, We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about all things Elden Ring. So I'll see you on the other side. I'll see you on the other side. And please listen to the ad, guys. Don't skip the ad. (laughs) 
Hello there, it's me, Professor Oak. I'm here to tell you about a new podcast series from Super NPC Radio, all about the original Pokemon games. Pikachu. That's right, Pikachu. Your favorite trainers are playing through Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow for their next Games Club series, and you can hear all about their journey. Look, my grandson is here. What's his name again? Well, my name is Gary, but whoever is playing the game named me Butt. Oh, that's too funny. But, I mean, Gary, did you subscribe to their Patreon to follow along with their Pokemon journey? Yeah, but only because I know they'll need help from me along the way. Catch the Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow Games Club by subscribing at the $10 DJ Toad tier at patreon.com slash supernpcradio to hear new episodes every Friday. We'll see you there, listeners. Gotta catch them all. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, I am here with James Jellin to discuss Elden Hello. Ring. How are you doing, pal? I'm doing so good. That break, I just really needed a little me time to just restore, you know. The most recuperating or rejuvenating <sighs> 20 seconds of your life. <laughs> I've just put some cucumbers on my eyes. I sipped on some peppermint tea, and I'm just ready to jump back into it now. Well, hey. It's so important f- to take time for yourselves, guys. It really is. If you walk away, listener, with any lesson today, let it be that one. Please take care of yourself, guys. <laughs> and uh, listen to every episode of this podcast, because that's self-care. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I told you before the show, I'm going to do a little table setting for Elden Ring before we get into it. Um, but Put those forks out, baby. Put those plates oh, out. Oh, get them ready. We're about to dive in. Uh, but James, if you want to interject at any time, feel free um otherwise i'm probably just gonna monologue for a little bit about this game i would love that all right hit me with your silky voice here we go uh silk ready uh elden ring Oof. is a 2022 action rpg developed by from software it was directed by hitataka miyazaki with world building provided by fantasy writer george rr R. martin which is that man absolutely popped off with some of the crazy names he made up for those sick monsters in this game oh we know we saw it was like had the rr martin names written all over it i guess quite literally yeah um loathsome dung eater hell yeah only could have been done by this guy um (laughs) this game was released uh for ps4 ps5 windows xbox one and xbox series x and s on february 25th 2022 uh by FromSoft uh in japan and Bandai Namco Entertainment uh, did the uh, releasing internationally. Players control a customizable player character who is on a quest to repair the Elden Ring and become the new Elden Lord. Uh, this is, I mean, we've already said it's a part of the From Software uh, line of games. Uh, those games, in a brief way, are. We've talked about Bloodborne on the show. Have you played Bloodborne before? You know what? I haven't, and I think it might be next for me Ooh. because, yeah. Well, we'll get into it, but yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I had a friend come on and talk about that game, I believe, um, either early this year or, or late last year. And uh, so people will pro- are probably familiar that these are games that are uh, very that are known for their difficulty in their uh, combat. Uh, and so there's probably going to be a lot of that that comes up. But this is one of those games. Um, it's presented in a third-person perspective. Players freely roam. It's interactive open world. Uh, and the six main areas uh, of this open world, which is a 
a new thing for FromSoft games. They're usually a little more linear. Um, the six main areas are traversed using the player character's steed torrent as the primary mode of travel. Uh, there are also lin linear hidden dungeons that can be explored to find useful items. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's an open world game. So a lot of that, uh, what you would come to expect in many of those, but with a FromSoft sort of flavor, uh, is seen here. Um, there's also an online multiplayer mode where you can uh, jump into each other's games for a co-op play. Uh, during planning, FromSoft wanted to create an open world game with gameplay similar to Dark Souls. Uh, the company wanted Elden Ring to act as an evolution of the self-titled debut of the series, and uh, Miyazaki admired the work of George R.R. R. Martin, whose contributions he hoped would produce a more accessible narrative than those of the company's earlier games. Um, and I think what that means is that, um, if, you know, having not dove into the games extensively myself, I do know that there's a ton of lore in these games, and sometimes the narrative is a little more, and I think, from what I've heard, and James can correct me at some point, uh, the narrative, too, isn't always the most uh, straightforward. It could be a little obscure. There's interpretation to be had. Yeah, it's it's pretty obscure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's extremely obscure. You could say gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Um, the developers concentrated on an environmental scale, role playing, and the story. Uh, was like some of the big focuses for this game. Um, and uh, Elden Ring received critical acclaim for its open world gameplay systems and setting, with some criticism for its technical performance, uh, of, of which I'm sure any game uh, could receive. Uh, it won multiple Game of the Year awards and sold over 20 million copies in its first year. Uh, an expansion, Shadow of the Yard Tree, was announced February 2023, um, which I have plenty of friends who are just so excited for it. Um, and one of them's on this Zoom. Well, could be you. Um, <laughs> could be me. I would love to know if you'd like to or feel feel like there's some bullet points that we should include before we dive into your experience with the game. Uh, if there's, yeah, if there is anything else we should be like, oh, this is a part of the game that's important to know, or this system. Just curious. Yeah, well, probably the most important part of the game um, is, in addition to the multiplayer battle feature, there is sort of a more passive multiplayer feature where you are able to leave messages behind for oh, uh, yes. other players. Um, and, uh, you know, usually what that means is that every, let's say maybe one to two steps, you'll see a message on the ground that tells you to jump off a cliff, um, or there is the classic try finger comma, but hole, yes. <laughs> um, or the more elevated in my opinion, which I stumbled upon, try two handing and then be wary of seed. Um, so <laughs> there are some real great messages you get there. Um, that's probably pro probably the most important feature of the game. Um, Sometimes being and, like literally trying to steer you towards like a secret, and then other times just yeah. being a troll or a joke, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, the only other thing that I would say that's important to know about this game is that you've just never seen so many absolutely disgusting freaks <laughs> in one game. Every every. Every 45 minutes, you just find this sick freak who is more disgusting and smelly than the last. People are people are over here cutting off their arms and grafting dragon heads onto them. Got, you know, living pots jumping around, <laughs> uh, like, you know, giant dolls with hats uh, everywhere. You know, there's this woman with this, like, crystallized amber baby she's obsessed with. Uh, everything is just completely sick 
and shameful. And I am just so proud of my man George R R for what he did there. Have you have you played the game, Connor? I have not. Um, <gasps> the only FromSoft game that I've even touched is Sekiro, which oh yeah, which I actually own because I asked for it for Christmas after I got a PS4. And mm-hmm. let's just say that I played the game for about an hour and was like, I'm not ready for this. Like, mm. I wanted so mm. badly to mm-hmm. be ready for it. And I was like, this is... Oh, we're going to get into that. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. So, no, I've, but mi- continue. I've missed it. But, like, I have so many friends who love playing it. I love hearing people talk about this game. Uh, like, And uh, I actually got to hear some music from it last night because I went to the, oh, the, the Game so Awards good. concert with a couple oh, of friends. Oh, cool. Yeah. Was that fun? It was. It was uh, one of the... It was a blast. It was... Just I don't know if you do you pay attention to the Game Awards or Summer Game Fest any of those things that they do. I mean, like people who I follow like post about yeah. them on Twitter or YouTube, but I'm not like a I'm not super engaged. There, it's it's cool. It's it's n- but it's not like the. Let's just say I like I hold s- some slight judgment for them because it is sort of a uh uh what what's the word I want to use? It's it's a one big commercial and advertisement which is right shouldn't be surprising and it's really not doesn't mean that something's bad but every game that was featured last night music wise was for a game that either had uh, come out recently mm. or would come out so it makes sense that they were you know playing music for uh the elden for elden ring and the expansion that they were playing music yeah. for spider-man 2 that's coming out this fall for starfield so um the only thing that I would say is that I, I would have loved to heard classical music, but I did sign up knowing what I would see, so there's really no complaints to be had. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it's easy to forget, like, how genuinely gorgeous video game music honestly mm-hmm. is. And so I love when people point it out to me, and I would love the chance to really listen to it, like, in live like that. Yes, that was very cool to hear just, like, a gorgeous orchestra play so much uh, music that I've normally just heard through my speakers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was oh, that sounds so cool. It was really fun. Um, and also my first time to the Hollywood Bowl. I'd never been before, and I've lived here for ten you know, years. I haven't been either. Yeah, I've been meaning to go. Um, you can like sit down, right, and like bring snacks and drinks. Yeah, it's it's B Y O S and D. Uh, so we sat down. Bring your own sucked dick. Bring your own sucked dick. <laughs> Don't come needing that. Um. Yeah, snacks or drinks, really. So, yeah. yeah, I had, like, some water, and then we each had a couple beers. It was really, really nice time. Cute, yeah. Um, uh, What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to uh, jump in. Yeah, I mean— Oh, please, um, that's what I was hoping for. Let's hear about— Yeah. Well, f- in fact, how did you grow to play this game in the first place? So, um, during the pandemic, uh, I— developed sort of like a gamer group chat nice which is just the best (laughs) um and i really do think like you know one thing i can be grateful about in the pandemic is that it like taught me to value like the types of the way that you can develop a relationship with someone purely online or like someone who i'm already friends with but that your relationship with, with someone can grow purely 
via like digital online spaces. Mm. Um, like there were friends of mine from college who I loved, but you know, who I just wouldn't talk to that often, who I started talking to like every week or sometimes even every day because one of us would be streaming a game we were playing on Twitch and we'd all jump in the comments oh, nice. and, or we'd all get together and like play Among Us on Zoom. Um, and so it just made me really appreciate like how games can be social and how it can, um, you know, strengthen your relationships with people in your lives if you like prioritize sharing something that you're all engaging with. Yeah. So when Elden Ring was coming out, everybody was so excited for it. They had all played a million from soft <laughs> games. I hadn't played any again, cause I hadn't been playing games for many, many years and I had only just recently gotten a PS5, um, and so everyone was going to do it. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do it too. And this sounds like the perfect first From Software game to play. Um, so that was sort of my introduction to it. That's amazing. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sort of like getting us up to speed on uh, why you played it in the first place. So yeah. um, I would love to know too, and, and feel free to add whatever you want throughout the, throughout the conversation, but um, like what – how did it – well, I guess I'll just start here. How did it go – getting into the game for the first time, your first From Software game. So I enter the game. I step, you know, maybe 10 feet into the, uh, into the, into the game. And, and this guy starts talking to me and he calls me maidenless. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, he immediately called me maiden, maidenless. Connor, I didn't care for that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was not a fan for that. And more so, I wasn't going to let that stand. So I immediately attacked him. Um, and upon attacking him, I found out that he was very strong <laughs> and he killed me. And then I found out that when I came back to life, he still wanted to kill me and you cannot load an old save. Uh, so he now permanently would want to kill me. Uh, and <laughs> after a little bit more research, I also discovered that he was a, like, character who significant side quests down the line needed to be alive and having made him a permanent enemy of mine i had like blocked off potential like significant side quests <laughs> like 50 hours down the line no way so so that was kind of my immediate introduction to um from software um and like, uh, funny i did possibly discouraging yeah well it was and this is the thing about these games is like they really don't tell you the things that you need to know yes. to play them. And that was the reason why if you are going to start um, Elden Ring or any From Software game, which I highly, highly recommend you do, like get a group chat together with your friends who have played it or don't hesitate to like go online yes. because the games are intentionally obscure to a fault. Um, like sometimes it's just like, tell me how to play the fucking game. Yeah. Like I don't need to like... <laughs> I don't need to like do an hour of research to figure out that I only need to pick one weapon and only exclusively level up that one weapon using like a specific currency that I can only acquire in one certain way. Like, just tell me that, yes. you know? So anyway, um, so that was sort of my um, awakening to A, how funny the game is, B, how cruel the game is, um, and C, the fact that it is just so obscure and confusing. Um, and so I ended up just like restarting the game cause I was like five minutes in started over. But I think that just kind of like set the tone for the whole thing, which is like, this game is so unforgiving and so funny. Yes. <laughs> um, it is just like so stupid and absurd. Um, so that was how it started. And I just like immediately 
loved it. Um, just because, and taking a, te- a step back, something that I have come to recognize in myself over the years is that um, I find myself very attracted to uh, uh, challenges in life that have a high frequency of failure. Oh. Um, because I think I am somebody who is actually, you know, like quite anxious and like I struggled with depression for a long time and I'm in a much better place now. But um, there's something about entering a situation knowing that you will most likely fail that allows me to be so much more relaxed and playful. Interesting. Like, and I think that's one of the things that attracts me to improv yeah. so much um, is like half of the time, especially like, <clears throat> I mean, like, you know, I've been doing it for like 10 years now, so I'm a little more confident. But like for most of that time, it's like I'm going to go do a shitty show for five people uh, in a black box theater um, with rats running around <laughs> and I'm not going to get a single laugh tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you just kind of have to like wash your hands of it and be like, all right, and I've got another show tomorrow. And I think... There's something so freeing about that uh, in comparison to something like, you know, acting, for example, where you are so much more prepared, but you have to nail it. You know, you have maybe like five tries to nail it, absolutely nail it. And if you don't, it's very disappointing Um, versus with improv. It's like it's so much harder, but you can give yourself that grace of being like, well, most of the time you're going to bomb. Yes. and uh, and and similarly, actually, the way I, got, I first got into politics um, was being a field organizer, where I would literally spend six hours cold calling strangers um, and having people like cuss me out and having people oh like tell me to never call them again and that I was a monster. And then you know, one out of every ten phone calls, you have a real conversation with somebody and talk to them about what really matters to them and maybe get them to. Uh, you know, support a candidate that they never even knew about before. And likewise, like that was going through that experience of being a field organizer was probably the most instrumental thing in getting me more comfortable with my social anxiety because it was like just being thrown into the deep end. Oh man. So like the most, uh, I guess, uh, I'm having so much trouble articulating myself today, but it's like the most, uh, hostile sort of social environment you could be in, which is yeah, cold calling people about politics. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, um, and I think this is something I've heard from, from other people who have struggled with like mental illness is like, you feel like you are under attack all the time, even when you're in a very safe environment. Mm. And so that sucks, but it also means that you are extremely resilient and comfortable in actually threatening environments. Ooh. And so, like, I almost like to put myself in those types of situations because it it'll it it allows like what is a flaw to become kind of a strength. You know, it's like I'm I have like the resilience and the comfort in discomfort to like s- succeed in these types of environments because I'll be discomfort whether or not someone is cussing me out like some Republican is cussing me out o- over supporting gay marriage or like if I'm at a bar with a close friend of mine having a beer yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> totally um that's yeah that's so interesting and what like um you even had described it in messaging me a bit uh, but what as such but what a zen state you could achieve exactly. by that um it reminds me too a bit of um in a it's it's adjacent but 
Um, you've done a lot of Wii improv, correct? Yes. You've done the, the inner game of tennis workshop. Have we talked about this? I haven't done that workshop, but I have read the book, and I know a lot of improvisers who, who love it. Yes. I mean, that's the only workshop I took from Jake at Wii, like, years ago at this point. But since you've Shout read... out Wii Improv. Wonderful community. Get involved. Great way to start performing and make some friends if you're in L.A. It really is. Just such a great gateway to that. Um, as uh, But, like, you, you know since you read the book, but... That can that allowed for a similar type of um, freedom, I think, yeah. with performing. Um, so I'm just uh, this is so fascinating to hear from you. It's really cool. Yeah, and so um, so when you get into the game, it really is like throwing yourself up against a wall. And to me, there again, it's like ultimately what what that experience does for me and the way my brain works and it's so interesting how it can be so different for other uh-huh. people but to me it it gets me to kind of release something because it's like i know that i'm gonna fail <clears throat> you know you go up uh against like uh uh, uh margaret who is who is sort of the first big difficult yes. boss and the way the game is structured is that it's really smart. Uh, you can go anywhere, and rather than having, like, you have to find a certain key in order to unlock this door to get to the next part of the game, it just puts a really difficult boss yeah. there. And so if you're incredible, you could just beat the boss right away and move on. But for most people, it's like you end up finding your way to him, and he just absolutely destroys you. (laughs) And so you're like, okay, I'm going to go explore other areas of the game, get stronger, get more gear, and then come back and try again. But so I think for most people who play the game, Margit is the first boss who you really are just banging your head up Mm -hmm. against. And there must have been like, you know, two or three days where like every night I would just like try and beat him for like an hour, hour and a half. And then finally be like, all right, I think I'm finished for tonight. I'm going to try again tomorrow. And it was so fun. Like that is like the best part um, is that you just go in and you, you start to, and, and this is what I think is so fascinating. And again, where I find a connection with improv is that you, you start to play so much better when you just relax Mm. and stop caring and try and have fun. Um, and there were, um, I had just recently watched King Richard right before I started Uh playing it. Did you watch that movie? Um, but there's just this thing that Will Smith, uh, he's always telling them like, you just got to go out there and have fun. He's like, are you guys having fun? And it's like, there'll be like a montage of him, like forcing them to practice for like three hours in the rain, like terrible, like setting. And then when he gets to a game, he's like, just, you just got to go out there and have fun. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, so I would, I, I would, I, I, there were these like catchphrases that I started like repeating to myself as I was playing. Yes. And I just would be like, you just got to go out there and have fun, James. Like you just, you just got to have fun. And it's like, you enter this kind of flow state where you're just allowing your impulses to like, like you're not thinking like now it's time to dodge. Now it's time to hit. It's like, you're just like entering this state of high, high reactivity yes. And sort of letting your body take over. And like that's when you actually beat a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just find that experience very cool. Um, and and again, it's exactly what I'm always trying to accomplish as a performer and artist in general is like 
um, you know, releasing control of yourself and sort of letting your body take over. Um, there was this improv book I read in college when I was studying theater about, it was more about like jazz improv, but they would always talk about, um, you know, being a vessel for the muse yes, um, yes, yes, and letting and letting the muse take over your body. And so that was another thing I would be saying as I was like playing, trying to beat Margaret, <laughs> I would just be like, James, you just got to channel the muse. Just, just let the muse take over, James, just relax and let the muse take over. Um, and yeah. And, and. And then when you finally beat a boss, it's like in some games, you your character becomes leveled up and your character becomes more powerful and you feel really powerful because you, uh, you know, got all these new gear and these new skills. But what I think is so special about a FromSoft game is that when you beat a boss, you feel like you have become powerful. Yes. It's like I have gained skill i have become more mentally resilient i have allowed myself to find a sense of calm and flow in a highly twitchy highly like uh intense environment and like i'm proud of myself yes um you know so um broad strokes i think all of that is what i found so wonderful about this game and why it has such a special place in my heart that's fantastic um i I would love to know for you you know once you were sort of practicing this um my i got a couple questions the first of which is this like a state that you sort of you you like at a certain point reached while you were playing the game and then you felt like oh i've turned a corner and then it's breezy after that? Or was it something you were constantly reminding yourself of or a place you were always trying to get to to function through, I guess? Does that make sense? Totally makes sense, and definitely the latter. Gotcha. It's like you get there, and then sometimes you're in that state, and and you can be there for like half an hour, and you, you can feel yourself kind of starting to lose it, and then you start just playing worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and it's like, I'm done playing for today. Yes. Like, I, I, I found that. I lost it. And I am too... I'm too in my head now. I'm too frustrated now. Like, I have to step away from the game because I'm not going to be able to, like, get to that state again. Totally. Interesting. Okay, that, make, that makes a lot of sense, I guess. Uh, just, uh, yeah, in so many ways. Um, I would love to know from you... Outside of maybe the the beginning and you know through market, like were there other memorable moments in the game that really stand out to you? Whether it's something happening in the game or a moment you had yourself playing it. Mm, yeah. Um, let's see. What are things that I remember? I remember that Blade was really sexy. Blade was this giant wolf guy. Ooh, v- very hot. I think I heard about Blade. Um, but- yeah, yeah. I remember there was this evil cat that <laughs> whew, we're going up against each other for days. Um, I remember, I mean, it's just like, okay, a couple a couple of moments that really stand out to me. And this is and this is the other thing that I think makes Elden Ring so great is like there's the one side of the game, which is just this brutal combat. And then the game just keeps kind of upping the ante mm-hmm. and keeps being it's like you're 80 hours into this game and then you see something that is just so again you just find this new kind of disgusting sicko freak (laughs) that's even more deviant than the last um you know and uh you know there's this one moment where you uh you you go and you enter this like uh 
you enter this sort of house or like a, a, a structure and then you go down this elevator and you're literally going down it for like three minutes. Yeah. You're like, what is going on? And then you step out and you're in this underground area, which has like stars and is so beautiful and kind of surreal. And you realize that like underneath this massive map that you've spent like hours and hours and hours exploring, there's this whole other area underground that is like even more surreal and strange than the one above it. Um, it's kind of like the... Um, uh, the underground area in Zelda yes. only like the underground area in Zelda. N- not that I have any problem with that. I love it. Um, but it doesn't have the same kind. It's a little more copy pasty sure. versus like, this is like these very like curated unique spaces. There's this one part where there's like this like coffin lying around and you like get into the coffin and then like float up into the sky to like battle this other thing. <laughs> um, and then, um, uh, okay. Big time spoilers. Yes. Okay. Or it, yeah, yeah totally. again, for the listener, skip could be some Elden Ring spoilers, but go. Yeah. For yeah. It. Skip, skip a, one minute and 18 seconds into the future. <laughs> so um, precise. This is how long I'll be talking. <laughs> this. Um, but yeah. And then at the end, there's this like big tree. So there's the, um, the Erd tree, which is sort of like the symbol of God in this world. Mm-hmm. And you can, the whole game, anywhere you are, you always see the Erd tree in the distance. And then at the end, you basically burn down the Erd tree. And then, like, this giant, like, floating castle inside, like, a tornado appears. And you have to go up there to, like, do the final battle. So it's just, like, again, um, and I wonder if this is related or if this is a separate Uh thing. But, like, I'm such a fan of just, like, darkness in art. Like, I do think it's related. It's like to sort of what we were talking about earlier, which is like I sometimes I feel like when things are really good, I still find reasons to to have problems with sure. them. And so I like to immerse myself in like dark, disgusting, painful things because it almost makes me feel like yeah, I am right for thinking everything is gross <laughs> because some things are gross. Yes. And so, like, this game is just, like, so relentlessly um, strange and gruesome. But I also want to be clear, it's not in, like, a... It, it's 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 kind of funny. Like, it's not in a way that is, like, like, painful to get through. It's just, like, so over-the-top ridiculous and so grim um, that it's just, like, I just love living in that world. Yeah. Wow. And then it makes sense you liked it so much. Uh, yeah. So I would love to know um, – I know this was only a year ago, but I'd love to start to get into the context a little bit. You've you kind of given us yeah. some previews of, like, the chats with your friends. But um, did you play it where you live now? Do, can you scene paint for us a little bit? Even if it's looking yeah. over and being like, so this is what it's like. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've, I'm – I'm well, yeah. I'm uh, – over here I have my second monitor on my little arm. And I'd be playing right here uh, Ooh. on my on my PS5, which I have under my bed. Um, and uh, yeah, I would just be um, so uh, yeah. So it was about yeah, I guess it was like a year ago. Um, and I've only been in LA for um, uh, a, a little over a year and a half. I guess maybe coming up on two years now. So Where did you move I'm from, pretty, by the way? I moved from DC. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, I was working in politics and I was doing comedy and stuff there, and then I moved out here to really try and make it a career. Um, and and I also um, so around the same time that I started playing um, 
Elden Ring. Uh, I was taking a Wii improv class. Oh. Shout out Wii. And this is, you know, why I'm such a big fan. <laughs> and uh, I formed an indie team out of that. And um, I started uh, getting coached by Ryan Barton, a fellow oh, Herald player yes. who's uh, just such a wonderful person. And his whole um, thing... Well, not his whole thing, but one of the things that he kept emphasizing to me, which strangely was something that really no improv coach had ever really pushed me on, was just like joy. Yes. And like, like, I like I do a move, and he'd be like, "Were you having fun?" And I was like, "Oh no, I just like thought that's what I was supposed to do." And he was like, "Well, don't do it if you don't think it's fun." Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like a note like that, I was like, "Oh, okay. I can do that." Um. Yeah. yeah exactly. And. And even more so, like, I have to do that. Yeah. Like, my job is to cultivate my ability to experience, like, joy if I want to be a performer, you know? Um, and so I was kind of having this big uh, shift in the way that I approached comedy. And I just, I felt like it just, like, cracked something open for me. And suddenly it was like, um, I was just, like, I was just having fun every time I performed. Whether it was in, like, a rehearsal in someone's living room or at a show. And, um... You know, I was talking earlier about how, like, improv, it was, like, it used to feel like you fail, like, six out of ten times, you yes. know, and that's kind of the fun of it. And I suddenly started feeling like, oh, I actually can have fun, like, every time I get on stage if I can do the work of figuring out how to feel joyful and excited and, like, have fun. Yeah. Um, so... I'd actually love to, before I continue, I'd love to pause there because I'm curious, like, ha, like, what's your experience with, like, you know, seeking joy as, like, a performer? And is that something that you think is, like, central to how you approach it or? I th That's something that, like, I also think heard way later than I would have liked. And yeah. so it's one of, a, uh, I, think, I think, a few touchstones that I'll return to. Um, when I'm going through just the cycle of performing, because I think kind of yeah. like maybe even your experience playing the game and getting in a flow state and then leaving that and then being like, okay, how do I get back there? Joy and doing what I think is funny or fun for me is one of those yeah. touchstones for sure. Um, yeah. that I still, even on like, uh, and I think a sort of, a dovetail off of that is just doing you know leaning on your strengths as well yeah and like what makes because we're all um individuals with our own perfect uh you know nuances and brains and what makes us special so yeah not forgetting that and leaning on you know what makes me special what i can do as well is kind of like in tandem with that i think thanks so thanks yeah, for asking just too yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm working on my own uh, podcast interview <laughs> skills. I'm just kidding. Well, you're killing um, it. But uh, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. As are you. Um, but yeah, it's like if you don't think something's funny, then why are you doing it? Totally. You know, like I should be trying to make myself laugh with every single thing that I do on stage, and anything that I write, I should think it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like why? Why would I want to watch somebody who is not excited about what they're doing? Definitely. Um. So. This was this was the thread that was going through my brain with improv, and I just suddenly felt like something in me had like cracked open, and I was suddenly having so much more fun on stage, and feeling like so much more myself. And so at the same time that's happening, I start playing Elden Ring, and it's like, 
not only was it my first time streaming and so from like just like a comedy like performer perspective I was like this is really fun and like I'm having a good time and like my friends are in the chat and we're just like doing little bits with each other and so it was just a blast and it was a way that I could you know again it's like I think we as as performers and artists like our job is to figure out how to cultivate our own sense of joy Mm -hmm. and self and like this was a thing that I could do that just like always brought me that feeling and it um it it was the it was in a way it was the it was working on the exact same skills that I was focusing on stage which was like how do I release and let myself you know let go of my ego and and like channel the mu- muse yes and as will smith says have fun uh and um and we'll hear it in his voice from now on which is great yeah yeah <laughs> you got to have fun um, although he did have a little too much fun at the Oscars, very topical joke for 2023. Yep. Per, um, uh, in 2023. <laughs> nah, wait, was that me? That. Was that my voice from earlier? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, it just felt like, um, these two sort of threads in my life were coming together and it, it just felt like the universe was telling me like, you have to have fun. You have to have, let go. You have to follow your impulses. You have to seek joy. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, I think that shift in mindset, you know, I don't believe that I would have gotten on to Harold's at UCB if I had not changed the way that I was approaching performing. Um, because especially going into like an audition environment, it's so difficult and so uncomfortable. And all I was trying to do in that audition and like my lodestar, the thing I just kept coming back to was like, you have to try and have fun. Yes. Like if if you can have fun in this audition, you will have a good audition and that is all you can try and do. Yeah. And I do think that I successfully was able to have fun and I do think that's like why I got cast. And that was like the first major step forward, you know, in my comedy career, which I've really only, again, been seriously pursuing for like two years. Yeah. So, um, you know, so basically if I had to wrap it up, Thanks, George R. R. Martin and From Software <laughs> for getting me onto a UCB Herald team. Um, yes, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm being tongue in cheek, but it all feels very related. Definitely, um, and 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 to me, that is like that. It is it is a a a kind of um, what's the word? It's a it's a summary. It's a a short a shortcut for how to describe that phase in my life when I was rethinking you know what i wanted to do as a performer and like human and starting to really place value on those kinds of things and also recognizing like that um the way for me that i find i'm able to access those things is when i am like when i when i when i stop trying to succeed and embrace failure as like a joyful state like that is what um, brings that out of me. And so I think this game helped me figure that out. That's first of all, amazing job, uh, summer, like summing that up. But I, I, I do want to say too, uh, mostly for myself to hear it again, but maybe someone else will find something valuable here is that a lot of what you're sharing is very empowering. And I think that so many people, myself included could benefit from those sorts of reminders uh oftentimes whether regardless of what you're doing whether you're you know someone like james or i who are performers and video game players or anything that you're doing in your life um of course circumstances are always gonna you know 
make that easier or harder, but yeah. as often as you can, I think that is such a powerful touchstone for someone. So um, I'm so glad that you had this experience and uh, and like almost like these dueling things going on that you were like working on at the same time, uh, almost like your yeah. Elden Ring map and your su- and your sub map uh, in a way. <laughs> oh my god! Fucking nailed it, yes, Connor. Did my Let's go. Um, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> All that being said, is before we move on to some post-show segments, is there anything about the game or your experience with yourself or friends or whatever that you would like to uh, shout out before we do that? Um, <coughs> I would just say uh, shout out to my my video game group chat, who uh, who again got me in and. Uh, and told me to keep streaming because they thought I, that they were like, you're good at this and yeah. it's fun to watch you. And one of them actually like bought me a um, uh, a PS5 camera so that I could start showing my face while I was performing, Ooh. which was just like so That's sweet. That's so sweet. Um, so I'm like afraid to say their names because I feel like I'm going to forget like one person. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, just shout out to, to, my, to my squad. You guys know who you are. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, um, I think everybody could benefit from, um, finding a way to like embrace, uh, failure in like a safe environment. Um, and you know, I don't, again, different people's brains work different ways. Maybe for some people, like the experience of playing a game like this is just fundamentally not pleasurable, but I'd say give it a try and um and just embrace again the fact that the point isn't to like beat the boss on the first try the point is to enter a flow state and get better at the game yes and that is like an experience that um feels real and not just like uh like you know like some games i think are uh a little bit more um uh cynical and like kind of like triggered your dopamine um releases in a way that is like not really good for you um whereas i think there are other games that are really like ethical and thoughtful and smart about um using the mechanics to like give you a meaningful experience and i think um for me there's just like so much meaning to be found in like challenging yourself and pushing up against a wall um so try it out and if you do uh get a group chat going or look on online forums because again the game is obscure (laughs) for no reason it's not a perfect game it's not a perfect game it's extremely inaccessible but it's uh it's it's very special wonderful well truly thank you so much for sharing your experience with elden ring um because i mean every episode of this show i think is fantastic but sometimes there's very much things we can take away from an experience and i think this is absolutely one of those so um james thanks again uh but let's get in thank you you betcha um let's get in to our post show segments the first of which is the fact me by your game segment where i'm just gonna (laughs) tell you a couple fun facts about this game here that you brought on Fact me by your name. That is seamless. There we go. Um, so uh, I will say that this game, both in its lore and the amount of things that you could find online, at present moment, made it very. I'm 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 covering for my uh and my lack of of finding things that are really that amazing or like something that's maybe gonna blow your mind. So uh, but I did have two 
that I wanted to bring on today. The first of which is something that's so very basic, but I was just, you know, found interesting in reading about was uh, the games that influenced uh, the design of Elden Ring, um, as spoken by, you know, lead designer Miyazaki. Um, He named games such as Shadow of the Colossus, uh, The Elder Mm. Scrolls, The Witcher Mm. 3, Breath of the Wild... Um, those games has like design influences for it, but I guess also credited tabletop RPG RuneQuest and the Lord of the Rings oh. novels. Um, and I'm not familiar with this one, but the Eternal Champion. So those were more um, the the last three were more uh, influences, I guess, for the for the story. Um, but it, it is interesting looking at the other games chosen that were seen as sort of like touchstones. I feel like. Sometimes it is interesting playing a game. I'm like, oh, this feels like it's got like uh, uh, some flavors of this, this, and that. And this, I'm truly just reading the games that that were I, allegedly influential to it. But I just, I find that interesting. I don't know if that's something you ever think yeah. about when playing a new game. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, especially with this game, it basically felt like if you take like Dark Souls and put it in Breath of the yeah. Wild, you know, like um, so that was that was very cool um and yeah it is fascinating like um i love to see like i feel like so many games are so the same recently Mm -hmm. like there's just a lot of like uh triple a like um kind of like half story like half walking around talking half like combat zone or one third one third one third and so it is it is nice and and fascinating to like uh you know take a look at the influences that games are drawing from. And I love to see people pulling from maybe less obvious sources. Although, I mean, in this case, Breath of the Wild, like, I guess that's the most obvious game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with you though. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. I love uh, like a triple A third person, like action linear, linear adventure. But like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, give me something new or something yeah. different or something old that in a new way, you know? Absolutely. Um, that's the first one. The second fact about this game, I think, might have been the most this game culturally, like, culturally popped off is a way to say it, but I'm sure you're familiar with this, but uh, I've titled this fact, I Would Let Him Solo Her, and this is about Let Me Solo Her guy. You've, I'm assuming you're aware of Let Me Solo Her? Yeah, he, he would wear, like, a diaper and then go in and fight the hardest boss. Yes, this is... We talked a little bit up top about the uh, cooperative play where you could have a friend jump in your game. Did you do this at all with anyone, or did you only do solo? Uh, I only did solo. There was, like, a couple times, like, strangers would jump into my stream and be like, let me fight this guy, and I was like, no. I'll, I'm okay, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, wait for the invitation, yeah. uh, viewer. Yeah. Uh, well... For those not familiar, Let Me Solo Her uh, was a player who, exactly as James said, uh, would uh, offer to help players defeat the hardest uh, boss in the game. Uh, is it Melania or Melania is the name of this? Um, yeah, Melania. Um, and so, and the way that this character, this person would come in dressed would be just in underwear, wore a pot on their head, and I think dueling katanas. And... This became allegedly this person has has beaten this boss over two thousand times, helping many people. Uh, there's fan art all over the internet. So if you just search "Let me solo her," uh, you will uh, st- 
very quickly learn about the the lore and the uh, gravity of this of this character. Um, this is something that, like last year, as I was I was listening to podcasts that were would touch on this, I started to hear about, and I was like, "What the hell?" And it's one of the most fascinating things in, to me about this about just like the community of this game. Yeah, and it is like such a um, it is such an interesting. Thing because there really is a community around mm. it and i hope that that would still be the experience of people who play it today yes. um because i did play it right when it came out but it was like yeah there were just and, and you know people you would go on twitter and you would see people playing their experiences it just it felt like you know i was going through some experience that like thousands of people around me were happening were having which was really cool that's awesome uh well that'll do it for the fact me by your game segment and I'll lead us into the final one of the show, the game recommendations. Uh, Ooh, I'm freaking excited for this. And I think you'll like what you find here. Um, <laughs> I hope so. As you may know, this is my one for, and I told you before the show, this is my one force tie into the movie, Call Me By Your Name, where I'm going to treat Elden Ring as your passionate summer fling in Italy. And it's not going to work out, so I'm going to have to just lead you to a oh, few God. possible new flings that have something in common. All have something in common with Elden Ring today, so. Well, I did just spend 150 seconds staring at a fire sobbing, so I'm ready for something new. As ready as you could ever be. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've got three for you today. Uh, the first of which is if you would love a scaled-down Elden Ring from a top-down mm. perspective with a cute little fox, I'll recommend the game to oh. Nick. You know, I have been, I have heard such great things about Tunic from so many people, and I really do want to play it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, that you would recommend as well. What'd you like about well, it? Well, huh, here's a fun thing: is uh, like a lot of games I recommend, I ain't never played the thing. <laughs> oh dang! Um, Secrets of the trade. Sorry for blowing oh, your spot hey, like that. No, it's in fact none of the games I've recommended today I've, I've played. Sometimes I have, uh, but. That's really brave. Thank you. Thank you so much. To sort of tell someone to do something without having any personal experience with it, I find that very It brave. takes a lot of arrogance to do so, and I'm the person <laughs> to do it. Um, so this game, though, I will say uh, I've heard some of the similarities that I heard about it were the A, that it is a, a game with, some, with good and sometimes difficult combat, but that the world building and the discoveries mm. have a similar sort of satisfaction that you would have in Elden Ring, but also sort of one that you should not be ashamed to look stuff up in if you're needing a nudge yeah, in a direction yeah. or like what the how the hell to use an item or something like that so um tunic is your first recommendation okay it, your second one is if your big takeaway from this game is you're just a george rr R. martin head that's it that's all you care about then i'll recommend the game of thrones telltale series i wonder if you've played any telltale oh. game oh I absolutely love the Walking Dead Telltale Ooh, games. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and I actually even before then played those ones with like, there was like a silly detective game. It was like Max and Sam or something. I think one of them was like a rabbit. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, I played those and loved those, but I have not played the Game of Thrones ones. I forgot that they had those. Yes, I, I forget too. And then today I was trying to think, I was like, has George R. R. Martin worked on another game? And I was like, oh, they did this series. Uh, the only one I've ever played is the Back to the Future game, which... Like, oh, it's pretty. I think it came out in like 2010. I loved as a massive fan of the movies. It's a great, like, sort of new Back to the Future story. I will say. Cool. Um, 
So that's your second recommendation. And for your final one today is if (laughs) – Here we go. It's a big big moment. If you really just – you loved Elden Ring. It's all you ever could have wanted and all you ever needed and you just want more. Uh Uh-huh. Then I recommend – Starting the game from scratch and just playing it all over again. <laughs> now that is a good recommendation, baby. I will say it's the first time I've ever recommended the game that, that the guest has brought on for this episode. But, you know, I figured if you loved it, why not play it over again and try a new build or something like that? That's pretty smart. No, I will say I I mean, the game is so freaking massive yeah. that I do think when the DLC comes out, I'll probably go back and like check out some of the areas and bosses mm-hmm. that I didn't get to and do the DLC and maybe respect to do a magic build. Cause for me, I was all about, I was all about the fast, twitchy, uh, dodging, ducking, dipping, diving and dodging. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it might be fun to try a mag <laughs> the five D's might be try fun to try a magic build. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, I hope when it comes, whenever it comes out that you enjoy it and you get that chance. Uh, and I'll wrap up the game recommendations, um, by just reading them off again. Our three recommendations today are Tunic, Tunic, the Game of Thrones Telltale series, series, and and replaying Elden Ring. Elden Ring again. <laughs> um, that'll do it for it's the game. Be reps. really clean. What'd you say? Yeah. Oh, I just said that's gonna be a really clean audio. Yeah. that's gonna be good for the They'll audience. They'll know what we're doing. They're gonna love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why they're here. Um, that'll wrap up the game racks, and that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. So. Before we go and plug whatever we'd like today, James, thanks so much again for coming on and taking the time to talk to me about this Thank game you. and your experience. This was a blast. This was such a pleasure. And there are just a few sort of out of context of my favorite things about uh, uh, this game that I'd love to share. Go um, for it. The first one is a tweet from PTAC Test Kitchen, <laughs> and it reads, From Software Guy. Look, I made a spooky crab. George R.R. R. Martin. That's the punished Wraith Oligath from Software Guy. That's sick. <laughs> that rocks. That's fantastic. The next one I have is from House of Decline, spelled A-H-A-U-S, and it's sucking dick to completion, then second health bar appears above the dick and bombastic music starts playing. <laughs> That's just like a great from soft so trope right funny. there. funny. Yeah, so fucking funny. Um, I'm going to say being on this show made my beast eye quiver. Hey. And America's tits, I had a great time. Gorgeous. Some, whatever that was, it flew right over my head, but it made me happy. Um, well, so on your way out, I know you plugged um, your, your channel earlier but and, and some shows, but feel free to replug again. Where do you want people to find you? What should we be looking for? Yeah, number one thing, follow me on Instagram at Jelinj, J-E-L-I-N-J. I'm constantly posting about uh, live shows that I have upcoming. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, come see me perform. Uh, I'm doing improv with my Herald team uh, at UCB approximately every other Monday. Just look out for when Rumors is performing. Um, I've got a character show coming up uh, on the 8th, I hope, was the date that I looked it, up earlier. It was, I remember uh, it. Oh, good memory. Um, you know, my other uh, teams are performing uh, once or twice a month at We Improv and through WGIS at the Clubhouse. Um, so just follow me on Instagram for all that stuff and for when I've got stuff like this or shorts coming out. And uh, follow me on Twitch at James Jellen. Um, and I hope to see you there. Killer. Well, thanks again for, for plugging and I'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own. 
um, the cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other great work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J. A-Y. This show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt, a big fan of this game. He also hosts a video game podcast that you should check out called Video Games, a Comedy Show. Um, I can be found on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, you can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69, where I've mostly been streaming Backyard Baseball 2001, which has been an absolute joy. Um, 69, that's funny. Oh. Oh, pretty nice, huh? Um, and uh, I'll be probably streaming other other games as well uh, coming up pretty soon. Um, and lastly is, uh, oh, yeah, you can check me out as well approximately every other Monday at the UCB Theater <laughs> uh, with, the, with the Herald Team XOXO. And then lastly, again, if you like me and you like the conversations I have with people about video games, you should definitely check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio because there's a whole lot more of that crap over there. Um, I already plugged, you know, the the monthly co-op episodes I do with people. Um, we just did a Death Store episode with Oscar Montoya and Courtney Venez coming up um, oh, for July. We're doing an episode on Star Wars Jedi Survivor with uh, Mike Steele and Mikey Stevens. Um, and then in, I already know now, for the month of August, we're going to be doing an episode on Grim Fandango. Um, do you oh. know this game? I do. I love the classic uh, point Ooh, and clicks. This was a game that was nominated for. So our patrons get to vote every quarter on a nom- on a series of nominees for our next games club. And Sonic mm-hmm. Adventure, as I told you, uh, was the winner. But uh, Grim Fandango is the one I nominated, and it got zero votes. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm still doing an episode on it. Um, and that is so respectful of your patrons. Of course. Yes, right? Um, so it should be fun. That's going to come in August. We're going to have uh, former guests of the show, uh, Nick Park, Adrian Snow, and Christina Karshner, uh, join for that. It's going to be a blast. Um, but again, Murder's right. Uh, oh, it's it's killer. We've got three bonus podcasts every week at the $10 DJ Toad tier, uh, which is truly where 95% of our subscribers go. So check it out if you like me and sample it for a month and see what you think. But that'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye!